yo! Welcome into the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes here with you after an embarrassing loss by the Bears on the lakefront against the Green Bay Packers. Oh my goodness gracious. Where shall we start? Well, we can probably start in the place that we were talking about. If you go back and listen to the preview episode that I put out on Wednesday. Was that Wednesday? I was talking about the idea of it being irrational to think that Jordan Love would be the next great Packers quarterback, but also it coming with merit that is completely understandable for Bears fans to be worried that he's going to be good at football. And he was. He was better than your guy. And that is not good. There are lots of reasons for why what happened happened today. And I am going to try and keep things in context because it is the first game of the season. And I did have a lot of these concerns coming into the game. But I got to tell you, this was really, like, this is... It's funny, the final score of this game is not indicative of how badly the Bears got their asses whooped. And that's what it was. It was an ass whooping. An old school ass whooping. 38 to 20 is the final, but it didn't feel like that once we got to the fourth quarter. There's so much that I want to talk about. And I'm going to try to do it in a timely fashion because I know that your time is valuable and I'm trying to get these these episodes to be a little bit shorter so that you can enjoy it and kind of move on with your night or your morning or whatever. Let's talk about this and the impact of the problems with the Bears' offensive and defensive lines. We continue to see that they are not competitive. The defensive line for the Bears today did not put any pressure on Jordan Love. He was able to pretty much do what he wanted, including one play that is the spectacular nature of that play is reminiscent of what we have seen from Packers quarterbacks of the past. Jordan loves numbers on the game. 15 to 27, which isn't great. He does have some accuracy issues, which the Bears weren't able to take advantage of. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, 245 yards, a passer rating of 123.2. And part of the reason that he was able to do what he did is because there was no pressure. Now, Ngakwe did what he does. He goes and he gets a sack. They never, ever made him uncomfortable. The run game for the Packers, and honestly, they didn't use it enough, in my opinion. But shout out to Matt LaFleur. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. Because... He said at halftime to Aaron Andrews that they were going to get back to running. And they immediately started to run the ball with Aaron Jones and then set the Bears up with an incredible screenplay 
where they fell for the banana in the tailpipe, and it nets them 51 yards. He was terrific before he left with some sort of hamstring issue. The Bears were dominated on both sides of the line. Absolutely dominated. I was so frustrated in the offseason, and I, I've, Dan, I've been saying this to Dan like all summer long. Whenever the concept of, of talking about, well, they got Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards, I really like both of those players, and I like both of those signings. But you remember how last year we were talking about how those positions don't matter that much? Remember that was the conversation when we were talking about Roquan? Part of the reason that they don't matter, and eventually I I think that they will, but the reason that they don't matter is because your defensive line has to keep people off them so they can make plays. If you keep cheating them up to the line of scrimmage, you're going to get beat. And the Bears' defensive line couldn't get there. They couldn't get to Jordan Love. It didn't matter if it was just a front four. It didn't matter if they were trying to blitz. Whatever it is they tried to do, they could not do. And he ripped them apart. It's, it's, uh, it's very upsetting to see the Bears... On top of not being able to get home, right, as with a pass rush, with a front four, on top of that, you had sloppy play from your defense. Guys missing assignments, blown coverages, blown coverages. We saw it up close, even on the play with the busted snap, where they ran the play where the tight end wanders down the field like he's lost and no one had him covered and they're able to pick up a huge play with that that's how you end up losing nine straight times to a team like seriously like the guy literally it was it was like the play from uh varsity blues oh i'm supposed to just wander down the field like i'm lost yeah because you're gonna be open and he was That type of stuff can't happen. It can't. Now, let's talk about the Bears' defensive line problem. Let's talk about their offensive line, too. You had a bunch of penalties. You had four penalties on Braxton Jones. Two false starts, two holdings. He gets everyone on the offensive line gets one false start because they called it on the whole offensive line. He had another one on his own. He had two holding penalties. You've been telling me that he's good. I've been telling you, what? And everyone wants to, well, he's good for a fifth rounder. Is he good, though? Forget about the caveat. Forget about the governor that you have to put on that statement. Is he good? Did you see proof of that today? Darnell Wright is a rookie. I'm not going to bust his balls for his first start as a pro. He wasn't good, though. The other guys on that line were bad. 
people throwing Braxton Jones's PFF grade out here. Man, get out of here with that bullshit. If you're watching him day to day, week to week, you know it's not good. I hope he gets better. I know he's working with some good people. I know he's working with some people that are trying to help him with his strength. It was not on display today. The quarterback can't operate if the offensive line can't block. And in the first three quarters of that game, Justin Fields was having a hard time operating. Most of that is on the offensive line. Guys are in his lap. He's getting pressured. There are guys running free. They're running free. Twice. Twice you didn't have a coverage. You didn't have a line protection that would allow for guys to run free. Alex, he ended up putting the spin move on Alexander, who came in blitzing free. He ended up getting up the field and getting some yards. But on the other one, dead to rights. And it was like that most of the afternoon. This is all stuff that you have to worry about. And it's why folks have got to stop walking around calling Ryan Poles, King Poles, and acting like every evaluation that he makes is good. You saw it again with Claypool, a guy who doesn't play like he's built, getting mauled at the line of scrimmage when he's supposed to be blocking, getting absolutely mauled. But they gave up the 32nd pick in the draft for that dude. Basically a first-round pick for that dude, and he hasn't produced in whatever whatever way you want to say. Two targets for Claypool in this game, by the way. No receptions. DJ Moore had two targets. Two. This is a guy that played with the worst quarterbacking in the league last year. He comes here. And you think that he's going to have a big impact, and they didn't give him any real opportunities. Cole Komet got his yards, 44 yards, but it was all garbage. And when the Bears gave him the, what, $50 million extension or whatever the hell it was, oh, well, that's if he can just be a middle of the... Tell me this. When have you seen Cole Komet really have an impact on a game? Or not fall down at first contact? He's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to dog the young man. He's fine. He's not special. And everyone keeps thinking because guys are fine that they're special, and they're not. I mean, it is. The way they lost this game, man, it is embarrassing to say the least. And I know that it's one game, and you you don't want to go overboard and throw everything away because it's one game. But answer me this question. Did anyone feel like when they were watching the Bears in the preseason, did they look like a button-up team? No, they didn't. And when, when you were, when the response was, well, Maybe you guys could do more. The pushback from the team and from sycophants of the team was, well, they got all their work done in those practices against Indianapolis. 
That's where they got their work done. Those were like two preseason games. Did your quarterback look ready? Do you look ready? No. Did your offensive line look ready? Did your run game look ready? Did your defensive line look ready? Did your back five look ready? No. Honestly, you could make the argument that this was a, a, a three-phase loss. Because Reed was killing them on returns. And they didn't have an answer for it. He set up blocks beautifully. And they didn't have an answer for it. Let me look at the let me look at the numbers for Reed. This dude averaged 18 yards a return. Special team coaches will be happy if their guy averages 10 yards a return because it's a first down. It's an extra first down. An extra piece of real estate that the offense doesn't have to worry about. He averaged 18 yards a return. That's crazy. I get any type of frustration that any Bears fan feels about this game meaning more because, one, it's inside the division. Two, it's the Packers. Three, you're supposed to be done with them having elite quarterback play. And you weren't. Dude came in here and did his thing. Absolutely did his thing. And your guy, I thought there were some moments where Justin did look good, but it's not enough. Not now. It's not enough. And I want to make sure that I'm fair to him because I, I do think that their offensive line struggles played a huge role into why they their offense, like Justin Fields, didn't look good. He made a really great throw and it was a great concept on that route with Claypool and Mooney that ends up with Mooney getting the touchdown in the corner. I like that. But overall, I mean, and, and by then, you know, you're going, okay, well, Maybe if they make one big play, they could do something special here. You get the big play, and what happens immediately? Your defense gives it up. And Jordan Love is just kind of smiling, looking for his mom in the stands. We got to know Jordan Love's mom real good today. Because her son was out there balling, and his teammates helped. And where were the Bears? Where were they at? They weren't doing a lot. You had guys for Green Bay that were absolutely flying. Darnell Savage had 10 tackles in this game. He was terrific. Jair Alexander was terrific, if only because DJ Moore did nothing in this game. Wyatt. Kenny Clark was in the backfield as much as he wanted to be. Had a half a sack, had a tackle for loss. Brooks was, I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And what did the Bears get? They got the one sack from Ngakwe, and that's it. I want to take a quick break, and I want to 
I want to talk about Poles because he doesn't get to get away from this game unscathed either. I want to talk about him, and I want to talk about evaluations and people giving him credit for stuff that has not happened yet. That's next. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I'm waiting for the inactives. I checked my man Chris Emma from the score. He's usually one of the first people to have it. I look up and I see that Valus Jones is inactive. Valus Jones wasn't going to win this game for the Bears. But that's kind of the problem. That was the first offensive pick of Ryan Poles. And he was inactive in game one of season two. I was talking about this with some people on Twitter who were mad, like, oh, well, he's still got a chance to develop. I hate to say this because I'm not a young man anymore. And it, it seems stupid for me to talk about someone who's way younger than I being old. Valus is not 22. Valus is 26. He's 26, and he couldn't make the game day 46 today. How about that? I talked a little bit about the Braxton Jones thing. There was no, my, my issue is not that Braxton Jones is a starter for the Bears. My issue is that there was no competition brought in for him at left tackle for the Bears. None. It wasn't something that they really addressed in free agency. They, they felt like McGlinchey was too expensive at a tackle position. And they're like, oh, he was good for a fifth rounder. And they send him out there yet again like like he earned it last year. He earned a shot by being healthy and being out there 17 weeks. And I know the people at Pro Football Focus love him, but they are not infallible. He didn't earn to not have any competition. Chase Claypool, what does he do for your team? I have never seen a guy that more looks the part of a big, strong X receiver and doesn't play like it at all. You're not using him on deep routes. You're not using him in the red zone. You're not, you, he can't block. Like someone said to me while we were having the conversation about Valus and, and him being inactive, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, 
was inactive. And someone said, well, why is that guy still on the roster? Because he can block. That's why when he's healthy, he can block. I was impressed by the Bears cutting bait on P.J. Walker, even though they had given him $2 million. Someone needs to have a conversation with Ryan Poles about his third-round pick, his first offensive pick, taking up a roster spot on his team. It's one data point, but I also gave you two others. When we're talking about evaluation of, of players, of offensive players, and all I've heard is that Poles is going to get the offensive line right because, damn it, he was an offensive lineman. And so was Ian Cunningham. And these guys know. Did that offensive line look together to you today? That was, that was their first audition this year. Did they look like they were a tight formation, tight group? Nope. And I understand that you had injuries and clearly something has been going on with Nate Davis because he wasn't available to them for most of of training camp. Darnell Wright might end up being good. And people got mad at me when I was talking about this at the draft. He's a right tackle. It's, It's good to have good ones. The only thing that can make this night worse, and I was I was talking to my good friend Dan Durkin about this via text while the game was going on. I can the only thing that makes this night worse is if Jalen Carter pops up here in this game on Sunday night football and he's got two tackles for loss and a sack. This was an infuriating loss, man. And do I need to talk about any of the good? Like, okay, Roshan Johnson looked like he belonged out there, and that's that's cool. It was all garbage time play for the most part, but okay. Hey, maybe you found someone that can help you. But this offense lose sight, loses sight a lot of what it is and what it can do. I saw Anthony Heron say this, and I think that he's right. I don't think that Justin Fields should have called runs 10 times a game, but I do think that he should have five, and I think that you, you want to do some of that stuff fairly early in the game to, to help keep the defense confused. I want to see him evolve as a passer. That's the only way that things are going to get better. And he can improvise ideally on some of those plays where he has time and maybe the pocket then breaks down. But there are times we're just like right on top of him. The the Packers were just like right there in his face, making him throw passes where he's backing up. Sometimes him not on on the sack where they got him on the bootleg. (laughs) He can't even square his shoulders to the line of scrimmage before he gets sacked. Thank God he he had the the spinner Rooney, the Booker T spinner Rooney on Jair Alexander, or that would have been a sack too. The whole thing needs a lot of work and is really really ridiculous. And I I know that it hurts, man. I know from just the reaction that I've been getting from people on Twitter as the game was going on. This hurt because you thought that the Bears were in a better place. And Ryan Poles is out here telling you that 
they they accomplished like 85% of their goals in the offseason. Didn't get a three technique. And if you don't have three technique, your defense doesn't work. The defense that Matt Eberflus wants to run doesn't work if they don't have a dominant three technique. All of it, the whole thing collapses. If you don't have someone who can set the agenda up front and make the other quarterback uncomfortable climbing the ladder of the pocket, everything collapses. And you saw it with the run game. You saw it with Jordan Love having time to do what he wanted. You got some linebackers, that's cool. But they're making tackles 10 yards down the field or getting washed out of plays because there's no penetration up front. All that stuff is on you. You pick Javon Dexter, I think, had a pass broken up. Had a couple nice plays. Not enough, though. You picked a guy that was two-gapping at Florida and asked him to be a one-gap, three-technique. It's going to take time for him to develop, and he's getting his ass kicked. I actually thought Pickens played okay. But these are the types of evaluations that you have to hold polls responsible for. He didn't, he didn't pick the quarterback, but he damn sure has picked everything around him. And if you did all of this to get DJ Moore and the guy ends up with two catches, something's wrong. And I hope that he asks his head coach and his offensive coordinator and Allen Williams, the defensive coordinator, let's get his name out there too. I hope he asks some really hard questions when they go through the film tonight. Because there needs to be an explanation tonight on how they're going to get better before they head to Tampa. I'll leave it there, man, because it's week one and you don't want to go overboard. But damn it, you saw all of the problems, and they were ugly, and they were all things that we all feared. That, that's what it was, was the sum of all fears, this game. And every time that people at Hallis Hall tell you that you're wrong about something or that you don't know, they have a real easy time of proving that you're right. Enjoy your night. Enjoy your morning. Enjoy your day. I appreciate you hanging out and listening. I hope I made some sense. I'll be on football night in Chicago on NBC Sports Chicago at 6 o'clock Monday night to talk about this. The whole damn thing is ridiculous. And we'll have a preview of the Buccaneers game, too, later on in the week. And if anything else fun happens, I got you there, too. Appreciate your support. Peace! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.